Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah, I actually got a coach. So before I was self-coached, and I will just say yes to anything. Um, And I was just going and doing like every run and every race that anyone threw my way. He always said it was going to take two years to kind of start to get to know how I responded to training and to kind of lay the foundations. And it's been two, it would have been two years in September. So it pretty much was a two year, well, a year and a half process. So it's quite cool to now be like, okay, we now know what works um, and how to build it from there. But I think it's just, I've just been really consistent in my training. And I think people just underestimate consistency just like week in week out just chipping away just laying those foundations getting stronger instead of yo-yoing up and down nicola davide <laughs> you feel you feel so far away man i know this is the first time that davy and i are doing an intro to a podcast not in the same room from each other and um, we can't hold it we can't hold each other's hands uh, unfortunately affirmations into each other's ears davy loved cape town marathon so much that he decided he's gonna he's gonna stay spend more time in cape town yeah i'm just i'm not leaving uh i'm a i'm a western cape resident now and the the podcast has just gone virtual so you you left parts you left parts of you on the streets of cape town the other day I did. I left my hip. I think I need a hip. I think I need a hip replacement. Sure. Um, I'm honestly, honestly leading up to, or leading towards that. Uh, yeah, I don't think a, a caro or a physio or a bio or a boss. I don't think anything's going to fix it. I think I need surgical intervention. But Davey, but, um, you might be drastic. You yeah. got your goal, bro. You got your sub three hour marathon. On one week yeah. of marathon training, I can see I've seen you all over social media preaching Davy's coaching services. How's that been going? I've got a few clients already. Uh, some pre-orders, <laughs> like you can pre. Just like you can pre-order the making around a sock, you can also pre-order your uh, 2024 <laughs> coaching plan. Oh, nice plan. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was Cape Town Marathon was was a really cool day out. Um, it was it was cool in the sense that I managed to achieve my goal. It was for anybody that ran it, um, they'll know it was far from ideal conditions. The wind was terrible. Um, I think from you know the six kilometer mark, we just had the uh, quite violent gusts of wind mm. that were just swirling all around, and it made it really difficult you know, staying in that running stride um, because it wasn't just a, a like coming from, from your, your front or your back. It was pushing you from left to right as well. And when you're trying to run a sub three hour marathon, you, you really want your biomechanics to be as effortless as possible. And mm-hmm. for me, it just, that was a challenge. And the other challenging part was uh, the elevation was not what I expected <laughs> it to be. 
Um, I don't think it's what anybody expected it to be. It was about 360 meters of elevation. And a real slap in the face was at the 32-kilometer mark, you went straight up Long Street for a kilometer. And I think that broke a lot of people. But um, all in all, <laughs> yeah, you really was, feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm no, just saying. It was, a, it was. A, it was. A, no, but I mean, kudos to Cape Town Marathon for organising a really, a really epic event. Um, I think the, the the final finishing number was thirteen thousand five hundred odd marathon runners, which is a which is a great number. And yeah, for me, you know, doing that race on on cycling and one week of running, I was I was very happy with it. Um, it's nice to know that you can do something like that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. recommend it to anybody because I think I'm paying the price now. But um, but yeah, a good experience. But I want to touch on your marathon, Nick, because we actually haven't debriefed yeah. because you went on holiday to Stellenbosch and you didn't speak to me for eight days <laughs> and you just gorged yourself on food and I lived unplugged. your best life. So you unplugged. So. So tell, tell me about it, Nick. Obviously, 2.48, it wasn't your, your predicted goal time of 2.45, but obviously with the, with the conditions, I, I, I think a 2.48 is a 2.45 on the right day. But, but tell me about it. How was it? Um, yeah, Davey, it was, um, it was a tough, really tough race. Um, I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was everything that I thought it would be. And, you know, the, the 248 it's a personal best i'm very happy with the time um the main goal for me was to run a pb and obviously 245 on the day um uh, the weather you know anything could have changed but personally i leave hungry to try and go back for more uh, the body's recovered well um i'd really struggled in the last eight kilometers which in my usual racing strategy is to finish really strong and it was the first time that i sort of couldn't just couldn't bring myself to do it. I do think that in retrospect, like you mentioned, the gusts, they affected a lot of the running, uh, the ability to run well, and also to had to burn more matches earlier on, trying to keep on pace than I would have liked to, especially through Ks 10 to 20. And coming through halfway, I thought, okay, I can turn it up here. I feel really good. Uh, up to 30, I felt great. And then, as you say, the hill it didn't really take it too much out of me, but I feel coming down the hill afterwards, I tried to pick up the pace and I managed to do like a 345k, which was right on time. And then the next K was still slightly downhill and I only started to manage four. And then from then on, it was really a big struggle. The last eight Ks was a big mental battle to just keep going. And there was times where the gusts were so strong, they would literally stop you in your tracks. And then, you know, I'm trying to hide behind someone and that person's getting stopped in their tracks and you're running into them. It's, yeah, it was difficult, but I've recovered well. I ran for my first time today, so like eight days, nine days after, and the body feels good, and yeah, I'm excited to keep on building on, and overall, it was a great experience. Um, I'm glad that I didn't run Comrades and that I focused all my training into the marathon, and it just made me fall in love with the marathon again, and I think that uh, you know, marathon running is such a special thing, and I just want to say well done to everyone out there that did run the marathon. There was a lot of first-timers. There's a lot of people that perhaps missed their times, but everything is a learning experience, and I think you know it's something that will continuously progress as we go along and you know in in the wake of the conversation that we had today with with Carla Molinaro it really is something that that struck me about her the fact of how she just can 
keep going you know she's she's been in the sport for for a long time and she's running the best that she's ever run um you know she she was the third place finisher at two oceans third place finisher at comrade she is now on her way to the 50k world champs representing great britain which obviously is a bit of a bummer for us but i mean after the weekend that we had with the brits we'll 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 give it to them we'll give them carla <laughs> what do you think davy i think so yeah um it, definitely it, it, um, was, it was a great conversation it was an inspiring conversation you know we chatted about everything that she puts into her training how she goes about her training um the the importance of strength and conditioning for running and also the importance of community um around running and and what running has done for her and the sports has really evolved into something that you know we we couldn't speak higher of but she she just had this bubbly and infectious energy about her everything that she said you know it was it was one of those feel-good conversations that left us feeling like man um i wish we could spend more time with carla and get to know her a bit better yeah definitely and she has uh, quite a quite a wicked sense of humor um i encourage you guys to follow her on uh, instagram uh, and on strava because she's one of the very few professional athletes that actually logs everything on Strava. Um I've also, you know, recently started following her on Instagram and she is she's hilarious. Yeah, she's currently actually in um she's currently in Dubai um with Kada Stain uh training for obviously the world champs. They're doing their their heat training there and it looks it looks miserable, quite frankly. Um nothing enjoyable nothing enjoyable about it. But um but yeah Carla is definitely an, an icon in the sport. She has great ambitions. She works hard. She's got a great attitude, and the conversation was just honestly such a pleasure. So yeah, I think without further ado, I'm going to let Nick pronounce Carla's surname. But without <laughs> without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy Carla Molinaro. Carla, thank you so much for being available to chat with us today. We really appreciate you being on the podcast with us. Thanks for having me. Tell us. Uh, let's get straight to it. What was your 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 last workout that you've done? I've just done thirty minutes on the prom. Oh. I finished about ten minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> beautiful. How is the weather looking? Tell us, because Davy and I are coming into Cape Town this week, ah. and we we've been checking the weather guards yeah. quite carefully. It is glorious. There is not a cloud in the sky. It is sunny. It was actually quite hot running today. So I'm happy because crop chop weather is back. But so. that is, that's a little bit irrelevant. You know, it's it's, it's Tuesday and uh, for us, for Sunday. It doesn't you know, matter. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, oh, I just. And it's Cape Town. And it's Cape Town. Yeah. I'm just, uh, if there's any wind, I might just cry. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we uh, but I mean, Ooh. I've just been hoping with the weather that you guys have been having, we've uh, sort of said, okay, well, if the weather was so bad two weeks, three weeks ago, hopefully it's just going to come around for us by the time we get down there for race day. Yeah, last weekend was savage and the weekend before. So I think it's it's done. And you guys have got sunshine on the way. And like about 14 degrees, Oof. good weather. Uh, tell us, tell us more. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I want to ask you that, talking about the weather, obviously you're going to, to the 50K World Champs at the end of, well, beginning of November, so end of the year. And those are mm. being held in India, if, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So what is the weather in India around about that time of year? And how, how do you prepare for that in Cape Town? <laughs> um, good question. It's going to be anywhere between 20 and 35 degrees. 
so wonderful window. <laughs> you, sh- you should come to Durban, that's gonna... what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm preparing by going to Dubai next week oh, okay. for two weeks before. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Yeah, get used to the heat and humidity. And your training's been going well? Yeah, it's been good. It's it's basically marathon training, which sucks. Marathon training is hard. Yeah. So I'm at that stage now where you're really tired and questioning your life choices. But <laughs> got about 10 more days of hard work. Brilliant, man. And I, then start to ramp down. I, I, was, I was actually just... Just talking about Dubai, I was actually... I think I was just like... I think I was on a run. And I think I was like... Because I was recently in Dubai, um, got got out of the the aircraft and just got hit by that you know that heat wave, and I don't know why mm. I was thinking this. It was just the most random thing. But I was like, how do people actually run in Dubai? Because isn't it just always that like awful awful heat? And isn't it actually dangerous to train there? Or was I just there in a very bad time? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal conditions. I think a lot of them go out quite early in the morning. To, I mean, it's, I think it's always hot, but at least the sun's not beating down at you when it's dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, it's going to be similar to India. So for me, it was like the perfect place to go and train. I did think about Durban, but yeah, yeah. I think it's, as hot as I can. It's, it's probably it's probably a little bit flatter in Dubai than it is anywhere around uh, Durban and Kezadeen, especially where we are. Um, but for yourself, I mean, I want to actually get into that because obviously you've had an exceptional year of running in in the terms of you know you took part in two oceans. Not only took part, you finished third. You 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 finished third at Comrades, and now you're going to be going on to the 50k World Champs. And you know runners especially road runners are notorious for only selecting a couple of races a year especially now when we're talking marathons but you just seem to be to be eating up that mileage and just thriving through it how, how do you go about doing all of that um yeah i think i've had three i would have had three big races this year so yeah oceans comrades and the world although oceans i did as uh, a training run inverted <laughs> commas um you know, I, I did go a little bit easier at that race because I didn't know how I would respond because I'd never done Oceans and Comrades before. Uh-huh. Um, so I will have had like two really hard races this year, which I don't think is no. is that much. Not by South African standards where <laughs> some maniacs go and race every weekend. <laughs> okay, so that was a training run. Now I must, I must tell you, Davey looked at your time earlier, and he was like, "I want to run a three forty one at Oceans yeah, next yeah, year." Yeah. But now, <laughs> that, now that, he's that second would, guessing be, it. That would be like pipeline dreams. That's like <laughs> the, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of my career. And now I hear you did it as a training run. So now I'm, now I'm a bit, a bit hurt. <laughs> but I mean, it's exciting, right? You, you did, that was your, like you said, was your first Oceans, and was it your? It wasn't yeah. your first Comrades, because you'd run a gold before. No, it was my sixth. Your six yeah, comrades. six comrades. And mm-hmm. what did you find that you did differently this time around in terms of obviously incorporating two oceans into your training and then going on to have a really, really good comrades? I mean, running just over six hours at comrades this year. Um, that's why I, I want to sort of get into it because it is one of those questions that I'm sure you get a lot as a coach is how do I, how do I go or is it safe for me to go and race oceans and comrades or does one of them have to be a training run for the other? What is your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think the first time you do it, you want to take oceans a little bit easier than comrades just because you, you don't know how quickly you are going to recover between the two. But if you respond well, which I think I did this year, like next year I plan to go pretty hard at both 
with my coach, I knew we were getting fit going into Oceans. And I was, the plan was to go out actually slower than I did. And then the day before he was like, no, let's crank it up a little bit and go a little bit faster. Um, so that was, that was quite fun. Um, and I think it is that you've got to look at how your training's going and you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. So if you are peaking and you are feeling really good, you can go a little bit harder um, at Oceans than you would uh, comrades. But that I think that's down to like experience and listening to your body and knowing how you feel. Yeah, which is exceptional because you, I mean, running your first Oceans, what did, what did you think of it? Because obviously Oceans is a is a extremely difficult race to, to pace and to manage. Uh, obviously you going out there as a training run, allowing yourself to obviously finish quite strong towards the end in those hills, it must have felt quite good. You must have gone past quite a few ladies at that time. <laughs> yeah, it was my, fa- it's probably my favorite race that I've ever done. Wow. It, it's such a beautiful course. Except the first, like, okay, that you did in the dark and there was load shedding, which yeah. was a little bit emotional. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know where you were running. I agree. That that was that was really like. I mean, it was. It's really hard, quite hard to gauge it, you yeah. know. Because you, but it, yeah. at, the, at the same time, it it was actually it was a bit bittersweet because twenty k's went by quite quickly, you know, because it was just so yeah. dark. But um, you would only have the street, uh, well, the the robots every now and then, like but, but th- sh- that, showing up the that, light. That also being said, I mean, it was so dangerous if you think about it. I mean, you yeah. were really running blind, and I mean, if you if you you know, luckily there were no potholes on that road road that I saw. But you know, wrong one wrong foot, or you 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 hit a cat eye or something like that. I mean, it can be it can be detrimental, especially for the elites going going your pace. Um, how, how did you manage yeah, that? I, yeah, I found I had to concentrate pretty hard. Just like looking at the, it was so dark. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. There wasn't any like ambient light or moonlight, so you could see a little bit. It was pitch black. So, yeah, I did find it pretty hard having to like just look at the road for like what you said, the potholes, the cat's eyes, mm, mm. and making sure that they weren't. And I mean, with you, with your background in running, t- tell us a let, let's maybe backtrack a little bit. Uh, obviously, having run your first oceans this year, six comrades. W- where did this ultra marathon running come from? Because obviously, people people generally go through, you know, from from sometimes from a track background, but they generally start at the shorter distances. Perhaps they start on the trail, and eventually they find their way to ultras. Um, I mean, you not only specifically running ultras, I mean, you won the gun run just a couple of weeks ago, but would you say that you're sort of specializing more on the ultras at this stage of your career? Yeah, I definitely went through that stage of starting with track and built up through all the distances. I then had like a actually a triathlon for about 10 years and then after that started doing like multi-day ultras like just running by myself really long ways around mountains and stuff for fun and then I think my dad said to me that I wasn't a real runner until I did comrades so he sold that seed cheers dad beat his time though you gotta tell us what what was his time because I mean At ten and a half hours okay yeah right. you smashed that <laughs> <laughs> you'll kill me for saying that <laughs> 
But that brings brings about an interesting question for me. So obviously you living in Cape Town, you you race for Great Britain when you go to any world major event. Um, how did you end up in South Africa, and what makes you stay? So I was actually born in South Africa. I was born in Joburg and then left here when I was about eight um, and lived in the UK for like most of my life. And I guess that that's kind of where I went through like the grassroots running programs and like through all the club systems. And then I came back to Joburg 2018, 2020, went back when the world imploded. Um, but I'd always wanted to live in Cape Town and yeah, last year in December, I came here with the idea to live here in the summer and in Europe in the summer. But after about a week in Cape Town, I was like, no, nah, I'm in. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stay here. Pretty much. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, that, that that answers a lot of the questions. And now in terms of your training, you obviously have been trying to peak towards this 50-kilometer uh, world champs. How you're obviously saying it's it, it is basically like marathon training. So perhaps you can take us a little bit through what you have been doing. Did you take time off after comrades, and then how long did you take off, and how has your body responded, and what have you done in terms of your training to prepare yourself for this fifty k? Yeah, I took about a week off running completely. I think, or until I wanted to run again, and then I think for the rest of June. I didn't really do anything more than an hour. If I wanted to run, I went and ran, but very easy and pre pretty much all on the trail, um, so nothing on the road. And then in July, I started actually doing strength and conditioning again pretty soon after. Um, and then in July, we started the build again um, for India. And that kind of looks like, a couple of moderate runs a week, which we do at about 30 seconds slower than target race pace, um, 30 seconds per K. Um, loads of easy running. Again, I still try and get on the trails for as many of my easy runs as I can. And then two sessions. So one session that would maybe be anything from like one minute reps up to 5K reps, depending on where we are in the cycle. And then a longer, more structured um, weekend session. Um, so, yeah, I've got my biggest long run um, on Monday, which looks absolutely disgusting. Okay. Um, I, I and quickly, I can't wait to quickly, do that. quickly ask, um, why do you choose to do your easy runs on trail? I think it, it's a little bit easier on your legs. Um, the elevation on the hills makes you a little bit stronger. And I think... You know, going over the rocks and climbing, it, yeah, it just adds a little bit of strength and agility. Yeah. Um, I, I, and also, like, the times are relevant, so. Yeah, no, I mean, because I, I, I thought that, would, that might be the answer. I mean, I don't think I don't think either of us have ever considered that just because, I mean, we classify ourselves as roadrunners. It's a bit of a hack for us to, to get out and do trail running. But you're right, if the pace is irrelevant for your easy run, um, going out on trail and, you know, getting that elevation and all of that is definitely going to give you a bit more strength work compared to football. Well, me, for example, <laughs> running where I live, Carla, it's, um, it's obviously at sea level and it's just a flat road. There it's the is, only road that Davey runs on, up and down. There is not a single hill in sight and I <laughs> love it. 
But um, <laughs> if you had access to the trails in Cape Town, perhaps you would have a little bit more keenness to get onto the trails. No, well, that's what that's what I said. You know, like yeah. it's it's a it's a real hack for us in in, in Durban. Yeah. Um, and we have hollow trails here, but can you even classify that as trail running? That's yes. more. Can you? <laughs> you can. <laughs> that's Jeep track. Yeah, that's, like all the dirt. The, so that's perfect. Like Jeep track and dirt would be my ideal. There's just none here. Okay. <laughs> you got go. no excuses, yeah, I'm Davey. putting that one on you. He's next trying to you, find you. excuses. <laughs> but you mentioned a key word there, Davey. You mentioned yes. a key word. The and pace is irrelevant. Is not that, not that okay. one. You mentioned the word strength. <laughs> you mentioned that. Perhaps Nick was waiting for the segue, just I, by the way. Okay? I was. I, I was. I told Carla I'd want to speak to her about this. Because yeah, this is where I check out. Because <laughs> obviously, Carla. Nice to see you. <laughs> maybe you can tell us a little bit about the app that you've developed for, for your runners in terms of the strength conditioning and yoga. And I like that mix, and I'll explain my reasoning behind it. But let's hear it from you first. Yeah, so I set that up because. I went through a stage when I was going to like yoga classes and the instructor was telling me that I should be able to get my leg and put it behind my head and bow to the moon. And I was like, well, I can't, can't touch my toes. Like what, what, what are you doing? And, and then seeing all these ridiculous strength videos out there, which, you know, some of them are good. Some of them are really rubbish and it's just being completely overwhelming. So I was like, I'm going to go and do my yoga course, which was very embarrassing. The other girls in the class with me were like, are you taking a piss? Like, <laughs> you can't do anything. I was like, don't, don't worry about that. Um, so I went and did it because I think that mobility and that strength is really important. Um, and I wanted to put a program together that was short and quick and straight to the point. And I think the biggest thing with runners is we all go and run for like 18 hours but you won't go and do 30 minutes of strength. So I wanted to make these sessions where it's like in and out, 30 minutes, press play, follow along, do the session, and you're done, and you don't have to think. I, so I, I love that idea. I reckon if you if you sell this perfectly enough, Davey might just join by the end of this yeah, podcast. I just, I, He's I on just, the edge. I can I, see. He's like, I, you got me at thirty minutes. I listen to anybody but but Nick, so you have you have a good chance. But <laughs> you, you should you should have told your yoga instructor just by the way. You, you should have said, have you ever tried running? Because like I think the comparison from them saying you should be able to put your leg behind your head is then you should say, well, you should run comrades in six hours in sort of thing because. I mean, come on. You yeah, can't it's really. Definitely. Apples and apples. Yeah. apples. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's interesting and that you about, Yeah. It's interesting for me that you mentioned that because obviously with a lot of runners that come through the doors, the first thing that runners will say is like, I oh, know I'm not good at my stretching. And, and you know, always mm. looking at them with that look and I'm like, look, stretching is not the be all and end all of what you need as a runner. Mobility sure is important. Uh, but I, I think runners have this, preset in their head that you know stretching is what they need to be doing and because they run all the time they're so tight and stretching mm -hmm. is going to be the answer to all their issues but i find that most of the runners that come through the doors their issues is lack of stability and lack of body awareness you know so i think that if you just lie on the floor and stretch your 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 foot up to the ceiling and stretch your hamstring that's not going to make you a better runner and it's also not going to help you improve your injury incidence um how do you incorporate your yoga into your strength training for your runners so yeah exactly that we have two sessions so we have the two sessions a week the one strength and the one yoga but the yoga is more like getting a golf ball and rolling out the soles of your feet um balancing on one leg 
um, doing a bit like, as you say, that mobility and it's moving your body in a different way to give you that overall body awareness. So you can see if there's a weakness or a pain somewhere um, and you can deal with it quicker. So mm. for me, that's a lot of uh, a lot of what like that the strength and the yoga is about is learning your body because when we're running, everything is in one line. We're moving in the same movement pattern the whole time. Whereas if we start to balance on one leg and focus on, you know, bringing your knee up nice and slowly and hip hinges and deadlifting and all that type of stuff, you're going to know when something's wrong and be able to deal with it a lot quicker. And for me, I set this program up three years ago and I haven't been injured for three years. And I think that that speaks a lot to do with strength and conditioning. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no doubt that the strength and conditioning element is is key for runners. But like you say, it's for runners, it's it's difficult to find the time because you look at especially most novice runners or people that are trying to achieve a marathon or ultra marathon goal, and they're trying to get there for perhaps sometimes five runs in. But you know, for them, it's like okay, well, I've got to commit all this time to running. Where do I fit the strength work? And naturally, you find that the moment their mileage picks up, the strength work starts to starts to drop. And that's also when they are at more risk of injury. So I think having an app that is designed to not necessarily overwhelm you with exercises, but just keep you in check and keep you grounded and doing the most basic yeah. movements. You don't have to be lifting weights all the time. I know we speak about weightlifting and picking up and like you mentioned, deadlifts, but just simply like rolling out and getting in touch with your body and knowing that, oh shit, after that long run, my calf is actually a bit tighter than I thought. You get on top yeah. of that sooner and then you sort it out. But how do you include that so say in an ideal week for yourself let's talk um especially now where you are sort of peaking for your your training like you said you're going into your highest into your longest most difficult run how do you still incorporate your strength and conditioning in this in this particular incident yeah i mean it's not easy and you know i am you know willing to say most of the time i would rather put it in the bin and not do it but even the other day, I was like, I don't want to do core. This is ridiculous. It was like Sunday afternoon. Everyone else was going to the beach, and I was like, this is rubbish. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. And then I was like, just go and do it. It's going to take me 20 minutes. And once I did it, I was like, well, that wasn't that bad. And I think it's, you know, we, we don't want to do it. No one does. But it is really important. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll just, like, pair it up with a run. So I'll get everything ready. Um, before I leave the house, I'll go and do my run, come in, everything's there, good to go, and I just get on with it as soon as I get back. Then I don't have to think, and then it's it's done for the day. Do you know who does that very well? Yeah, and I believe you're you're quite friendly with him. Is Jeffrey Crow? I mean, Jeffrey is just has uh, hit the nail on the head there. Um, he he's he's like he's got everything laid out. Mm. Um, as soon as he comes home, he gets the strength training training done. Recorder, mm. you know you know Jeffrey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Je Jeffrey speaks very highly of you, but I mean, his strength training has also been quite, quite impressive. And we we also speak about Jeffrey. He has the time as well. So I think the time is a key is a key element to to most runners and how they can get the most bang for their buck in yeah. terms of how to stay injury free yeah. and how to improve. So perhaps I mean. Yeah understanding that even one session a week is better than no sessions a week i know sometimes we look at it and it's like oh that's a write-off i can't i didn't even do two sessions this week but one session is better than none 
Um, how, how, exactly. does, how does your app set up in that sense? So say if someone had to join the app, what would that look like for, for a runner's perspective? Is it pretty interactive in the way that they can sort of do their sessions or how does it work? Yeah, when you log on, like on the home screen, it literally says this week's yoga, this week's strength. And then you just choose which yeah. one you want to do and you press play. And then you tick off the little button once you've done it and then it goes okay. into the tracker. And then there's a whole load of bonus videos as well. So yeah. I've made, there's a, a heavy weight program as well. Like as we said before, like the heavy stuff, not everyone can fit that in. And it's the more smaller movements that are more important. But then if you, all of my heavy strength programs are on there too, and then there's ones like if you've got tight glutes, weak glutes, hamstrings, anything that you can think of, running drills, strides, all sure. of that jazz is that's, there. Um, so yeah, you just press play and that's comprehensive. And follow along and that yeah. that takes a lot of time to set up. It takes a lot of time to keep it current. I'm sure as well uh, to to be able to still fit in all your training, all of your coaching, and managing that app and keeping it up and going. It must it must take a lot of your time. So I must commend you for that because it isn't an easy thing to to do, and it can it adds so much value to to runners in general. So I definitely want to give your that app a shout out. Perhaps you can. Um, I mean, I mean, Davey's busy searching for it on on no, the I've Apple. Got, I've got it. But I'm you've si- got it. I'm signing so, up. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm getting my one. You can week. do this. You can do the seven day free trial. There we go. That's exactly what I was looking at. Seven today. day free trial, guys. So make sure you go give it give it a look. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure to put the link onto the the podcast information. And, and to be fair, it's got a five star rating. Actually, eh? I mean, that's oh, the that's reviews cool. don't lie, Carla. The reviews don't lie. <laughs> If perhaps they were from a, my mum. No, they were. <laughs> maybe being a little bit too kind on these runners. <laughs> um, Carla, I want to ask you about your coaching. So obviously you are a professional runner. You you hold strength and conditioning and, and movement close to you, and that's that's a big weapon in your artillery. But your coaching, when when did that coaching journey start? When did you decide, okay, I'm, I'm in a place now where I want to be able to empower runners and, and help them become the best versions of themselves? Um, it probably, well, it started initially at university. So I did a sports science degree um, at uni, and then I actually moved away from that and did some other jobs um, for a little while. So it was kind of always brewing there in the background. And then I took on full-time coaching in 2020 um, when the world went to shit. Um, I then made my own business and that's when I set up SCY for Runners and did coaching um, at the same time. So it's so sorry, just it's it's SCY for Runners, not Sky for Runners. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought it was a... Did, did you say you can choose. You okay, can choose. thank you very much. Cool. <laughs> and... <laughs> And obviously coaching is something that, you know, with your background must have come quite naturally to you. Um, What would you say are sort of like your your major principles as a coach that you try and and impart onto your athletes that you work with? I think the biggest thing that I try and do, like everyone is so different Mm. and I try and with all the programs that I make really tailor them to how much time people actually have and making their goals realistic. Because I think sometimes people say that they want to run every day, but with life commitments and stuff, they actually can't. They can run three days a week and 
it's about getting that balance right between how much time they have available and what their goal is. Um, you know, if you can only run twice a week, going on to running 100 milers is going to be a pretty tough yeah. task. Um, so it's, you know, managing expectations. And then I'm like just a big advocate on running on feel and learning about your body, like easy, easy, hard, hard, learning how to like push and dig deep on those hard sessions, which I think a lot of people don't actually like going to like that hurt locker. Mm. Um, and that's where you see a lot of improvements. And at the same time, they do their easy runs like way too easy, which drives me insane. Um, so <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> for me, the David can That's relate because David David can never keep an easy run easy, and I sometimes struggle really? not to come down on him quite hard. Um, sometimes he, I can be a bit better. <laughs> I, ch- I choose to ignore now. I just rather not not mention anything. Um, but but, I, but I've gotten better. Yeah, David David's gotten better as well. He's gotten more more. Um, what would you call it? Mature, mature. As, as we've gone along. <laughs> but but Carla, for yourself, you're mentioning the hurt locker, so. I know it's hard to say and I know everyone's hurts is different, you know, getting to that point of, of we're not talking physical, actual injury pain, but we're talking getting deep into that, yeah. that area where it's uncomfortable, getting uncomfortable in order to get the benefits mm-hmm. we're wanting to achieve. How do you do it? Because I mean, I'm sure there would have been a lot of, a lot of occasions, say in, in this year's comrades where you would have found yourself digging, digging very deep into that hurt locker. How do you pull yourself out? How do you stay on track? What do you say to yourself? Yeah, this comrades is actually the first race where I've been able to get out of that. Um, where a lot of races before my head has gone, I've like gone into that dark place and it's kind of, I've kind of given up a little bit where this year I managed to ride it out and get out the other side. And yeah, I don't know what it, I still can't quite pin what happened, but I just got a second wind how, this year how and, could, amazing, and could carry on. I mean, that's, that's so special. Because <laughs> I mean, you went out quite hard this year at Comrades. Yeah, I had my, like I, before every race I sit down, I draw out the route I put on like my target times and stuff and my target time was to finish between 5.50 and 6.10 that's kind of the bracket that I thought I'd be in and I got in the middle and but I always wanted to go out and it for me it was a race like everyone's like how can you go out and race further and I'm like it's it's a race I I was going to go out and see what I could do and when it got too hot then back off and that's that's what I did and I think it's you know, she is an amazing athlete and, you know, one of my favorite runners. But I think it's good for us all, you know, to put that pressure on each other and try and race each other and not be like, Comrades is a long way. And if you go into a race thinking, well, she's won it, I'm gunning for second place. Like, what's the point? Anything can happen. Yeah. And and what was your previous best time at Comrades? Uh, Six hours 50. Crazy. So on paper, it was a bit ridiculous. Super. So what would you say changed? Because you ran your last comrades in 2018, 2019? 2019. 2019. That was not a good one, though. Okay. Yeah, that one, I'd, I'd had a stress fracture, and I thought I'd healed, and I thought, ah, oh, I can do comrades. <laughs> My longest training run was 15 kilometers. Do not advise doing that. 
Um, <laughs> no. It's a very long and no. painful day. Well, let's make that very clear. Anybody that lis- that's Sheepers. listening, you do yeah. not do a, a long run training run at 15Ks and then and then think you're ready for comrades. That's interesting for David to say, though. He's, hey, been, he's, he's, not, he's had no. a broken clavicle for the last four weeks and now he's busy training for Cape Town Marathon in one week. That's what he's done. He's gone from zero fine. to 110Ks. Yeah, yeah. It's just 42Ks. <laughs> Relax, okay? I'll be fine. Uh, comrades, no. Uh, well, that's what everyone tells you, right? Especially yeah. when you're training for that 56 at Oceans, it's like, ah, oh, no, that's that's it's a short run. You're going, you're going to be running comrades. Um, but what what yeah. changed uh, from your previous comrades? I mean, did your training change in any way? Have you just developed so much more as a runner after COVID? When you got, went into full time coaching, did you just have more time for yourself? What happened? Um, yeah, I actually got a coach. So before I was self coached, and I will just say yes to anything. Um, and I was just going and doing like every run and every race that anyone threw my way. So I got a coach basically to rein me in and he always said it was going to take two years to kind of start to get to know how I responded to training and to kind of lay the foundations. And it's been two, it would have been two years in September. So it pretty much was a two year, well, a year and a half process. So it's quite cool to now be like, okay, we now know what works um, and how to build it from there. But I think it's just, I've just been really consistent in my training. And I think people just underestimate consistency, just like week in, week out, just chipping away, just Mm. laying those foundations, getting stronger Uh, instead of yo-yoing up and down. I want to quickly ask, uh, apologies if if you've mentioned it already, but who is your coach? Uh, His name's Martin Cox. Um, VO2 Max coaching on Instagram. Okay. And so, yeah, I wanted a coach that coached um, road and trail because I do a little bit of trail as well, although now I've kind of focused more on road. Um, so I found him and he had coached one of my friends, Robbie, to like a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games for the marathon and my friend Beth to winning Western States. So he can do both. So to yeah. me, that was really important wow that, that that's so interesting but i think the most interesting part there that you mentioned is the consistency and i think that goes hand in hand with what you were saying and the fact that you haven't been injured in three years and i think injuries are such a big element to breaking our consistency as runners and being able to say no is one of the key reasons to to keeping yourself in check and not overtraining and not over committing to races yeah. and remaining injury free so it's amazing to see how all those elements have actually played into your favor to to help you get the most out of your running and that's what i want to ask because i'm sure I, I mean i know that there's a lot of people out there that are in the position that they perhaps want to get a coach or they're not 100 percent sure if a coach is going to actually be able to help them they feel like they know enough and it's quite a it's quite a personal thing finding the right coach that works for you but what would be your advice to a runner that perhaps feels they, they need a coach and they don't know where to start Yeah, I think sometimes I get people that say that they don't think they're good enough to have a coach. And I think everyone is good enough to have a coach. Um, I think there's value that can be added in there. But I think probably one of the main things is almost doing what I did and figure out, you know, what distances, what terrain you want to run on. And then look at the coaches who produce the results for runners in that area. Um, I mean, I get people that come to me wanting to do track, but I'm not an expert 
at track running. Um, so I think it's actually finding the person that is the expert in that discipline, distance, terrain that you want to race on. And then a lot of it is about just if you get on with them, like if you have mm-hmm. that connection. And don't be scared. You know, I have coached some people where they're like, okay, I want to move away and try a different coach. And they go away and they come back. And, and you can move, but also you need to commit the time to the process. I think sometimes we're in that culture where we want results really, really quickly. And people are not willing to be like, okay, this is going to be a two-year process to figure it out. And after 12 weeks, they're like, well, I'm not king of the world, so I want to move coach. So it's about putting in a bit of time, trusting the process, finding someone that you like, and yeah, that specializes in what you want to do well at. And I think also on top of that, it's just having the clear clear communication right from the beginning, both from, yeah. as, as a coach, but also as an athlete, you need to be able to open yourself up to that coach. You know, there's a lot of athlete that, athletes that come with a lot of reservations and it actually takes time to break through those reservations as a coach and be able to eventually grow them into the athlete that they can so i think if you are someone that is out there looking for a coach make sure that when you when you do find that person that you feel you're able to entrust in your training uh, be able to open up to them fully and trust the process because like you said yours your process was two years if you had to say to someone look it's going to take you two years to get you to that goal as you say that instant gratification i mean davy what would you what would what would be your response if i told you two years to your silver my boy <laughs> Uh, I think that's a quite a hard question, but no, I, I get what you're saying. It definitely is, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's not instant gratification. It is a, it is a journey. I think, I think there are always going to be people that are at different, you know, phases of their running journey. So I do think that could be quicker for, for certain people. And it also depends on what type of results do you want? Um, I, I'm in a situation also where, where I think the elephant in the room is that uh, Nick is my coach, but um, I think he well he just says that he um, he just writes programs for me, and it's probably true, but it's also because I'm in denial where I don't I don't want to have a coach because I just like doing my own thing, i.e. training one week for Cape Town Marathon and and going to do that, and I can guarantee right now if I <laughs> if I had a coach. Someone would have said, I would you call them off the road. Yeah, you can't do that. And that's, you know, what, what I struggle with. <laughs> yeah, look, to, to, to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Carla, to, to move on from this, with, with your goal now coming up at the 50K World Champs, um, what is sort of on the ballpark for you when you are going, when you do go through to India? And what are you expecting from, from that event? Yeah, that's the really hard thing because it's going to be championship racing. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, so, and also it's going to be very weather dependent and how I adapt and like acclimatize to the heat and humidity. So it's going to be a little bit about what's going to happen on the day, what the other girls are doing. Like in my head, we've been training and working around like running at 345 a K. That's kind of the goal but if it's going to be super hot that's probably Mm. going to slip by 10 to 15 seconds um and equally if everyone goes off really slowly then i'm not going to go off really fast because that's stupid so i you know plan to kind of almost do a little bit like i did at comrades like read the race a little bit see what's happening you don't know who's going to turn up from the other countries you know 
even within like Team GB where I'm racing, on paper, we're all very similar. So anything can happen between me and the other three girls in our team. And I think that's going to be the same across the board. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit about just mm. riding the wave and, and properly racing, which is fun. Like, I find that yeah. quite exciting. That's interesting because, I mean, for, for us, you know, most races are about specific individual goals. So say I'm going for a specific time, I can control that, you know, I'm going for that time, I can plan for that time. Whereas racing, where you actually racing one another i mean there's that that's a completely different element that you know novice and amateur runners never really get the the, i mean yeah sure you can race your mate around the block and and get that feeling oh he's getting the better of me but how do you react say on on race day that's what i want to ask so obviously you have a goal you have a plan you 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 read what the weather's going to be like on the day you you know you're going out at a certain pace like you said you planning you're training at that pace but now do you just trust yourself in your training when you see, say, a runner that you expect yourself to be running with going out a little bit harder? Do you trust yourself enough to hold back or do you try and hang in with them knowing that perhaps that pace is going to slow down? I know a lot of runners have different techniques when it comes to race day to sort of try to lead from the front or try hang back and finish off strong. What what would be your, your sort of type of ideal race day in that sense? Yeah, that's actually why I did Gun Run and Bloberg as well just to practice racing and at gun run that happened like a group of four girls like went from the gun and went really hard and I just knew that they had gone off too quickly I'd raced them before and it was a nice confidence boost for me to be like no let them go and stick to my because I knew it it was way too fast for me Mm. um so at that point I was like no I'm sticking to my plan because if I go that fast I'm going to blow up and then slowly started to, to reel them in. And actually, it was on one little climb where I broke away. And then in my head, I was thinking, okay, I know I can put a bit of time into them on the climb. So there's a, a long climb in gun run. So then my race tactics were, when I go up that hill, I need to go hard to yeah. try and break away even more. Um, so I think things like that are going to come into play. If they go out really fast, I think I have the confidence now to let people go and then wind it back in. Maybe when it gets a little bit hotter in the day, knowing that I've trained in the heat and I'm more acclimatized to it. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's been cool this year, like learning how to race. Yeah, now that you've also been able to get yourself out of that dark patch uh, in your last major race at Comrades, I'm sure that that helps you boost that confidence as well, knowing that you can take yourself to that dark place and come out on the other side with with a result. Um, we'll definitely be we keeping a keen eye on seeing how how that race unfolds for you, and obviously then moving on from that for the remainder of the year, would you say that's sort of going to be a little bit of a, a downtime before your preparation for next year? I know you said you obviously keen to go back and race oceans next year, which I mean, that's very exciting to see what, what you'd be able to do on a day where you are going to try and push a little bit harder. And then obviously going back onto a back-to-back comrades again. Um, what a sort of your advice for, for runners perhaps at this stage 
in in the year where they they have these similar aspirations of going and running oceans and and going and doing comrades next year um perhaps they're getting into their running now or they've they've been watching a lot of these majors on tv and they're getting really excited to 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 get uh, involved in some of the running scene here in the country what would be your advice to those runners where do they start from I think firstly, you have got loads of time. I've seen some people like standing around going, comrades training starts now. Uh, it doesn't. Um, you're going to die if you start now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Straight laughs> it's a long That's way a, away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, in my, what I'm doing is I'm racing in November. I'm then going to lie on the beach and eat food and do nothing for a week and then probably for chill the week. rest of November. It's just one week, and for then, Carla. Hey, that's no, no, all it's it takes. Just it's just a week. Eh? That's just like... my time on my beat. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so then the rest of November, like really easy, and then December, probably it's probably a good time to put in like a bit of a strength phase in your training. So like short hill reps, thirty seconds, sixty seconds, building that foundation, um, and then you know for me. Jan, Seb, I'm going to work on some 10K half marathon speed, um, try and do some quicker races, and then start building up slowly towards oceans and then towards comrades. Hopefully, I would have got my qualifying time for oceans and comrades at the 50K, so I don't need to worry about doing marathon. another marathon. Obviously, sure if you're you doing comrades and oceans, you need to factor in a marathon in there to get your qualifying time. Um, which does throw a little bit of a spanner in the works, but you could probably get away with doing that towards the end of the mm. beginning of March. I, I also just wanted to ask, um, ha- have you done a uprun before for Comrades? I have, and I've done very badly at it both times. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, quickly just touching on that, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're so close to breaking breaking six hours in the down run uh, this year. What are your thoughts on the up run? Do you change your strategy? It's going to be my first up run ever. Um, and I'm, I'm quite excited about it because I can't get the down run right. I've done the back-to-back down run. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because I think it's going to make me run slower, which is what I need to do. But I mean, for someone like you who's, who's racing, you know, the event, um, does it does it make it obviously more challenging or, or you know what are your thoughts on that? So I used to always think that I was rubbish at hills, but luckily in Cape Town we have so many hills that I've got quite strong running on them. So I'm actually now really excited about the uprun, which I never thought those words would leave my mouth. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to racing hard going up the, the nice thing about the up course is that you can walk the next day where the yes. down run you can't walk for a week so that's really good and it's just the thing that i find harder with the up is it's mentally harder because you're just looking up a hill all day long yeah. so it's just getting getting strong and running hills and yeah hopefully i can take a significant amount of time <laughs> About two hours is my plan. <laughs> my upfront time. Oh, really? Oh, really? Was was that <laughs> how many? So sorry. How many comments have you actually done now? Six. Six. Okay, six. Um, and, and your and your previous uprun was what? what I mean, the masses eight, eight hours. Eight hours. Seven fifty. Yeah. 
750. Sure, Davey, you take that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm joking. Do you want to race? <laughs> no. Do you want to race? There we <laughs> go. Race. There we go. No, You'll see you at the start of Two Oceans, Carla. I yeah. can tell you that. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, he's <But> joining me. <laughs> so, so now, obviously, like b- before we, we finish off the conversation, Oceans and then Comrades, that, that time between there, I know you said it's, it's individual and also depending on how you recover from one race to the other, but it's fair to say that you pretty much going into the racing season or the year knowing that you're going to be racing both those races so it, it is doable i think obviously depending on the amount of time between the two runs as well as on the the amount of matches that you burn if you if you crash in uh, through that finish line at, at oceans it is going to take you a couple of weeks to recover then obviously it's difficult to get up and yeah. race again but i feel like racing is like, like anything else you know like you say being able to get into that dark patch and practicing it and and knowing that your body can handle it is is there a lot of just psychological work Work involved in being able to, you know, tackle those two major ultra marathons back to back, or is it purely just physical for you? I think it. You need to respect them, and you need to listen to your body. So, if you're not ready to get back in, if you've got a long run planned and you you don't feel like you're quite ready for it, then take a bit more time off and change your plan. It's going to come back in benefits then, you know, going too hard too soon. And, like, another thing that I think is really, really important is getting your nutrition right. Like, fueling for the race and recovering and getting your, you know, recovery and stuff, like eating properly, getting all those vitamins and minerals back into your body, um, increasing your carbs, all that type of stuff between the races as well. So, yeah, don't be scared to back off a long run um, if you need to. And... And yeah, be adaptive in your training. Um, just because you miss one long run, it doesn't mean you're not going to finish the race. You're yeah. probably going to be in a better state because you you have that awareness. And and that's where it helps to have a to have a coach to guide you in in adapting your training as well. Because I think a lot of the time is you know these a lot of the runners just have a, a plan that they're following and they see the long Saturday run, let's call it a 30 kilometer. Yeah. And now they're like, I can't miss this run. There's no ways I can miss this run, you know? And now all of a sudden you start to stress yourself over that. But I think that word that you mentioned there, adaptive, you know, you miss one run. It, it really doesn't affect your training. Uh, you know, if that yeah. one run causes you to miss a week, or two weeks, or a month, that's where you then start to get those issues. Um, you're mentioning long runs as well. What would be your recommendation in terms of long runs, and, and specifically ultras, and training for an ultra? Um, obviously, with you, you, you're going to be doing two oceans. That's going to be an ultra marathon in preparation as well for comrades. How many ultra marathons do you, do you get in, in your training for something like comrades? So my longest run before oceans was a marathon which was Red Hill Marathon, and then my longest run before Comrades was Ocean, okay. 56. And then I did one other 50K three or four weeks after um, Oceans. All my training's on Strava, if you want to have a look. All my yes, runs are there. Davey's going to open it up right now. But, um, <laughs> but, but the, so all, yeah. those long runs that you do, that 50K, for example, I'm sure that was a quality workout. Um in comparison yes. to yes. to what we do, we sort of do it for time on legs. Um, and that's what I've always wanted to do. I, I, I love the idea of doing doing longer quality sessions, but my coach says no. What do you mean? We do. <laughs> yeah, that, that 50K that I did, I did at race pace, at 
target comrades race pace. That's very interesting. Check and it is, got, yeah, full speed, 50k. Guys, shout out to Carla because Carla is one of the very few elite athletes that actually has a um, a public Strava where you can see everything that she's been doing. And Carla, you have just been... Consistency is key. Here, clocking eh? out the distance. Nicholas, quick, <laughs> let, let's, let's play a quick, a quick game. How, how many kilometers do you think Carla's run this year? How many kilometers yeah. has Carla run this year? She has done 4,000 kilometers for more. No, okay, 4,340. 4, I think that's a pretty close close okay. estimate. That's yeah. pretty good. Don't forget the 300, though. I she, mean, she worked hard for that. <laughs> and, and, and when you mention consistency, let's talk about that real quick. You know, so this year has been 4,000 kilometers. By the end of the year, it's probably going to be closer to 5,000 kilometers, if not more. Uh, uh, yeah. do, do you then look at it? What, did, what have you found? No, that's crazy. 5,000 kilometers, uh, that is. If you look at your previous years prior to this year, has that sort of been the average that you've been getting or has it been slightly increasing on a yearly basis? Do you look at it as progression or is it just maintenance on that work that you've been doing? Yeah, I don't actually know yeah, what I've done know. the other years. Davey will find it for us. <laughs> you let me know, Davey. No, sorry, I'm just caught up in, your, in all of your, um, your captions for your runs. <laughs> This, this oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting such a sidetrack chat. <laughs> the one says, I think I need to tell my neighbor that windows are see through. <laughs> so this morning, the dude who lives opposite me was just stood there with no clothes on, hands on his hips, and taking in the world. And that's what you decided to name your Strava workout. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, is. Because that image was burnt into my head. October the 2nd I fucking hate technology sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you really feel No that's that's (laughs) Fantastic You've heard it here first guys You should go give Strava uh, You should go give Carla a follow on Strava as well For a little bit of extra So from here we've learned about the one week free trial On SCY And then we learned about or Sky, and we learned about going on to Strava to follow Carla just for the captions, not to, not to mention the, the ridiculous amount of mileage that she's been able to get in through the consistency that she does with her that's training. It, that's it. Carla, do you have any parting yeah. comments for, for our listeners that are listening to you and have just been hell of an inspired by your, your commitment to running and your consistency with running? We mentioned a couple of the things that you do to remain consistent. Is there anything else that you'd want to say um, about the consistency and how runners can get more consistent with their running? I mean, how do you not get bored doing 4,000 kilometers uh, a year? Uh, do, do you enjoy every single... I mean, I know the answer. 4,300. Dave, sorry, Davey. Uh, <laughs> he's going to make me live this I'm down. I'm 16, eh? okay? So. Davey, I'm asking a yeah, question. Tell us, Carla. <laughs> Um, I think having a good group to run with, I really like running with other people. So there's loads of like running crews in Cape Town that I try and run with or my little running crew. And, um, yeah, I think to be honest, I do really enjoy all the runs I go on. There's probably a handful where I haven't wanted to go out and run, but that's normally because also we find good cake shops to finish runs at. Because <laughs> that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the, the post-run cake and coffee. That's what we're, we're here for. Um, so find a good group that you can go and 
chat shit with and eat cake with afterwards. I think I think that is so important though. And then mm. and then obviously, Carla, I think I think you know I have to ask this question. I think it's self-explanatory, but you obviously love running. I'm, I'm sure that is the case. But 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 what is yeah. it, what is it about running that you know that keeps you going? Um, is it the community? Is it the endorphins? Is it um, personal fact, achievements personal achievements is it the fact that obviously you're very good at it you know like like what all, all, all of the above yeah I think it's everything um you know the running the reason that I think I ended up wanting to stay in Cape Town the minute I got here was because of the running community like people just took me under their wing and were really nice and friendly and put me in the fold and you know invited me on runs and stuff with them it's about, you know, going in, exploring different routes and things that, you know, there's people in Cape Town, like a couple of my friends who've never been up Table Mountain, which I think is wild. Yeah. And I've run up there probably, I don't know, every other day. <laughs> so you for go a, and easy see run. things and <laughs> yeah, jog up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's yeah, it's all of those. It's all of those things. Uh, it's great to see the love that you have, the passion that you have for running and obviously the community. I like the fact that we mentioned that at the end because I think there's so many runners out there that don't have that community. I'm sure you have the same with people that you coach overseas that, you know, we're very fortunate in this country with the running communities that we have and the, the availability to just go and join any community at any time and be able to run with like-minded people. It really is something that we do take for granted in this country, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, running with other people is really nice. But go put yourself out there. Like, there, there are running communities everywhere. So get on, you know, Instagram, Strava, you know, 6 o'clock in the evening is normally a good time where people go and run, or in South Africa, 6 o'clock in the morning. So find those groups and don't be scared or 4 o'clock in the morning if you're in Durban and a maniac. Um. That's why she didn't come to Durban. <laughs> now we know the story. No, no, don't worry, Carla. No, I'm no, also, no. I'm also trying to puzzle it out. Like when we go to Cape Town and we're trying to organize runs with friends and you're like, okay, cool, 5 a.m. They're like, are you absolutely, is there something wrong with you? And you're like, like what? Yeah. I mean, no, 6 a.m. there is even a push, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys have to come and do the run on Friday with us, the junk miles. Six oh, yes, junk miles. Tell us more about that. Where What's happening there? So it's every other Friday, um, and it's from Ollie's and Seapoint. It's uh -huh. a 5K children on the prom, followed by coffee and croissant. I think we'll be there. Yeah, I think we, we, we may just did we just it. Did we just get an invite? We got an Carla. invite, and okay. it's live. We yeah. Got an invite. We got it. Thanks for the invite, Carla. <laughs> Carla. Pleasure. Thank you so much for, for, for chatting with us today. It really it was a was a really interesting conversation and nice light-hearted end to it. I think um, we're just really grateful for you taking the time and we wish you all the best with the remainder of your 50-kilometer training block and then hope that you get to enjoy your beach for that week and, and come back really strong in 2024. We can't wait to see what you can and, achieve. And I'll see you at Two, two Oceans. <laughs> at the start line. At the see start you there. Line. You're, my, you're my pacemaker. Yay. Yay. There we go. There no, that's another invite. Eh? Done. Please, put the, put the application. You better in. get training. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's got to start now. Thank you so much, Carla. Thank you, Carla. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. 
Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.